0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. And you know, as a church, you know, I've been pastoring for a few years. Typically, when things weren't going right, I'd always put the blame on my shoulder. I'd be, like, son, you know, I say to myself, I, I need to, to exegete the scriptures better. I need to pray longer. I need to fast longer. I, maybe, you know, I read the gospels through, you know, once last month. Maybe I need to do twice this month. And then maybe I need to throw in some Old Testament. And, and I would just, you know, I got, to, I got, I got to work hard to get better. But but I felt like God was saying, son, stop it, just stop it, stop it, stop it. You're exhausting yourself, son. There's nothing wrong with your gifting. Your problem is your positioning. It's like, Lord, I was thinking in my, that's carnal. I know that sounds funny. Positioning is a business term. Learned that in undergrad. What is this business thing? God, this is supposed to be about souls. But I was willing to take a risk, and I believe God was pushing me to look at things from another perspective. So I opened up a whole bunch of business books. Started looking at positioning and marketing and the rest. So what God put on my heart were the commercials you hear on the radio. And all those commercials were with me scooting up my sycamore tree. Positioning myself, this ministry, for those that have Christ in them to look up and see. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the only reason uh, grace is growing the way it's growing, not the only reason, but one of the primary reasons, is because we were willing to reposition ourselves. Do you hear me? He gets up this tree and he looks at things from a higher point of view. Many of you, you've grown. But until he mentally takes you to that higher place, you get that higher perspective, that higher sense of sight. You are not going to be in the spot for the blessing. You see, at a certain level of ministry, I don't know why I'm talking so much about ministry. I almost feel a little embarrassed by it. But at a certain level of ministry, the paradigm changes and you got to understand more than just John three six. Now, that's vital and that's first base. That's even second, third, if you will. That's a whole lot of it. But there are other dynamics that you got to understand and wrap your brain around. And he was saying, son, if you're going to uh, be excellent in my kingdom, if you're going to operate in the 21st century, if you're going to reach so, son, you got to raise your, you got to, you got to scoot up this tree, son. Yeah. The second thing about the sycamore tree is that it has a short trunk. And this is vitally important, meaning the branches are accessible. Everything God has for you is reachable if you'd stretch. The problem we the reason many of us don't get to that next level of branching in God, we refuse to stretch. Mom and Daddy didn't stretch. Daddy, I want to be just like that. they don't stretch. You don't get in an environment that's different. You don't listen to things that are different from the ordinary things. You don't you just stay in your your regular comfort zone and you don't excel. But God was saying, okay, man, you're little, okay, okay, okay. But there's a specific branch on that sycamore tree that I've caused to grow out. And If you just stand on your toes and begin to stretch, you can grab it, son. I will not do it for you, and I won't bless lazy. You're going to have to stretch to reach that which God has for you. The third thing about the sycamore tree you need to understand, and everyone in this room needs a sycamore tree. You need to find your sycamore tree to get to the place that God wants you is the sycamore tree had spreading branches. In other words, the branches didn't really grow up, they grew out. And these branches were thick. They were strong enough for a grown man to, to, to sit upon. The tree gave him latitude, room to maneuver, more choices. You see, what happens is once you reach and stretch to get on one level, all of a sudden a whole bunch of other levels open up to you that wouldn't be open if you didn't take that first step. You see, that branch way up there, I couldn't reach less. I took that first stretch. And suddenly, after I began to obey God and and took those steps, all of a sudden, it seemed like so much more was in our reach as a body and as a church. But this also applies to you. Take the first step, stretch, and you will be amazed at what you discover is just fingertips away because you didn't settle for your comfort zone. The last thing about this tree I think is one of the most important. This tree was for heavy duty lifting. Didn't have little weak branches. This tree was a fat tree. It was a major league tree. It was a world-class tree. It was a tree with results that you could rest on. And God wants to get each of us in a sycamore tree that can bear the weight of the day, that can deal with real living, real weight, real life, real man stuff, real woman stuff. Do you understand me? He got up a tree that could bear his weight. The sycamore tree was part of Zacchaeus's plan. This sycamore tree is part of God's plan for your life. Verse 5, the Bible says something very important. It says when Jesus, didn't say when he reached the tree, when he reached the spot where the tree happened to be next to. Colin Powell makes the observation that in life, preparation must mean opportunity for you to be successful. What happens often is we have opportunities, but we're not prepared. Do you understand me? You meet the head of a, a corporation a bank, but you didn't go to school. Nothing wrong. Everyone doesn't have to go to school. Nothing that God could bless you without school. Some of you don't need to go back to school. Hear me. If I'm asked to sing a solo, but I don't know a song, I could be, I could sing like, I don't know who could sing nowadays, but like that person, okay? But I don't know a song. Better put than the education example. So they call me, give me the opportunity, to sit before Clive Davis, and sing. But I haven't memorized words, so I'm you know blending f- them through the song. Clive has no time for me because preparation must meet opportunity. Preparation time is never wasted time. It took Moses 40 years of preparation in the wilderness in order for him to be suited to lead the children of Israel. Your trouble and your struggle, by the way, which you think is permanent, is only preparation. It's just God teaching you the ropes and how to get over stuff. So when the real stuff's on the line, you know how to do it. When Jesus reached the spot, many of us, Jesus is in the spot, but we're not up the tree. We were unwilling to run ahead. We were unwilling to plan. We were just believing in our back room in our home, hidden from the world somewhere. But God wants us in the marketplace, out in the public sphere. He wants our faith to be seen by anyone that wants to watch. The challenge is we're we're up in some church praying instead of doing that which he said, I believe in prayer. But after prayer, do that which you prayed about. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. I want to ask you. When Jesus reaches your spot and looks up, are you on your branch in your tree? Or are you feeling, oh, there was a crowd, God, there was a crowd, there was a crowd. If you loved me, I would have been taller. You see, the only tall people is because you like tall people. No, it's your fault. This, this is where growing up and responsibility lives. Own it. I didn't climb a tree because it wasn't easy, Lord. I didn't climb a tree because I was feeling sorry for myself. I was feeling sad, and the devil wrapped me up in all that. Oh, Lord, there's no excuse. Give me another chance. So, church. There's a season for everything under heaven. And I've discovered that when God opens doors, they quickly shut. And if I don't walk through that door when He opens it, I have to wait another cycle for it to open again. It's kind of like a combination lock. You know, if your first number is 35, but you go to 38, you got to go around a whole, you know, and clear the whole thing off and go through the cycles again to get it right. You're tracking with me? And I found with God, He requires absolute obedience. And not only that, He doesn't want to be led in the dance, He wants to lead us in the dance. And so if he's leading us in the dance, if he say, move this way, and you move that way, it's like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you're not really going to be my dance partner and receive the blessing you would if you would have flowed with me. But, you know, dancing is a rhythmic thing. You got to move on beat. You hear what I'm saying? And I've learned that when God tells me, whether it's to give or speak a word or whatever, if I don't obey it in that moment, often it becomes awkward and sometimes even embarrassing if I, if, if I try to do it later, recoup what I should have done earlier. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. So I've learned that when he says it, you know, be prayed up enough to discern his verse, voice so that I can do it in that moment. So Zacchaeus doesn't get a committee, doesn't have a prayer meeting. He plans, he strategizes, he gets up the tree. And then when Jesus gets to the spot, when Jesus looks up, he's right there. He's in position. You see, there are people, let's say with this radio thing, it's been the analogy for today, there are people God's drawing to him. But when they get to that right spot in the road, Jesus says, look up, there's a pastor there, and you need to go there. Do you understand? But if we weren't on that tree, they would have never heard the commercial. They would have never heard the ministry minute. They would have never heard their pastor's voice. Do you get me? But because we position ourselves, we took risks and great gambles, and we could spend a great deal of time talking about them, but it doesn't serve us here. But we are positioned. We are up our tree. And I just want to ask you personally, I'm not just trying to be up my tree. I want you to be up your tree. I want you to be in position that when the master presents opportunities, you can seize it. You can take it. You hear me? When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down what? Immediately. Lordship, lordship. Jesus speaks that way because he's God. He's like, you come here. Now, by the way, this man was willing to get out of his persona, vitally important. You know, I remember the first time I came to church service, and everyone was singing, and they started lifting hands. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, what, what's all that about it? made no sense to me at all. Didn't know Jesus didn't grow up in the church, so that was, I didn't get it. But I remember I got saved, and then I went to church the first couple times. Just something inside me was saying, lift hands. I was like, no, I'm too cool for that, Master. I came with friends. People are going to be watching. But I had to be willing to get over persona and just lift my hands and surrender. This was a wealthy man. Wealthy men don't run. People run for them. Wealthy men, you know, they walk in with bodyguards, people all around them, and and they present themselves in a certain way. They don't run for a rabbi. But this man runs, gets out of his persona. And then Jesus tested again. He said, come down here immediately. It's a wealthy man. Who do you think you are, Pastor? You know, y'all, I get that. I just asked someone to serve her. What do you mean? That ain't my gift. But no, listen, this man <laughs> immediately comes out the tree. And Jesus said, come out the tree immediately. I must stay at your house, what? Today. How many want Jesus to stay? You see, he was passing through the town. He was supposed to be there for a minute. But because Zacchaeus was properly positioned, because his faith was crying out to God. See, this wasn't religious church faith. It's so easy to have faith in church for a $100 bill after you done told everyone in the church you need $100 to pray for you. It's another thing when you're out in the marketplace, an old rough, old, ugly sinner just reaches his pocket and says, you know, I don't know why I'm giving you this $100 bill, but I, you understand what I'm saying? Jesus stays at his house for a whole day because Jesus wanted to be around this man that had a practical faith. A man that would think through things and, 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 and do what was uncomfortable for the moment to be in his presence. But there's a vital word that I didn't state there. That, that's that's utmost important. Jesus said, I must... That's divine imperative. Must means I'm obliged to, I'm bound to, I'm compelled to. You hear it? The growth of Grace Church, because we were up the tree, God is compelled. He is obliged. Do you understand me? Because we position ourselves in his presence. He says, I must do this thing. And for the individual in this room, if you position yourself properly before God, not living in your excuses, not living in your past, talking about, well, I'm a, I'm a tax collector. No, holy man, da, 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 stop it. He came to save sinners. You have no excuse. You hear me? It says here, I must stay at your house. Now, it was rude in that culture to invite yourself over someone's house. It is absolutely rude. No, the, the greatest rabbi, no one did that. The chief priest didn't do that. But Jesus says, I must. How many of you would like God to look at your life, and say, I must, I must spend time, I must release my presence, I must release my wisdom, I must release my gifting on this person because I can't overlook their positioning. This story is told because there was a man that just wasn't being spiritual. He was also practical. Church, do not over-spiritual. Now, be spiritual. Walk in the spirit that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I mean, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit to, to overflowing. But God also created the laws of nature. They're his design as well. Sometimes you use a miracle to overcome them or surpass them, if you will. But many times, God's like, if you be faithful with the practical children, that 10% where you need the supernatural, I'll show up every time. But because you've been so undiligent or you didn't have diligence with practical matters, you need a... a, a miracle for your problem. Do you understand? I don't know if the math came out in your head right, but we should need a 10% of our problem miracle. In other words, if we owed, we needed $1,000, we should have only needed another $100 from the Lord. But because we weren't practical, we need $500 from the Lord. But God says, be practical and be spiritual. Lean not to your own understanding. That's another sermon, and we'll talk about that another time. But what I want to do is challenge you Today to pull back from any over-spiritualizing and begin to, to recognize that, that, listen, faith without works is dead. There's a practical side to this. The Bible says the diligent hand shall rule. That's the person that applies himself, the principle over and over and over again. It says here, I must stay at your what? House today. So he came down what? At once. This man understood that there was a window of time opened up to him, and he responded quickly, and he what? Welcomed him what? Gladly. How are you receiving the master? Vital importance. I mean, your position, and you got all that, but if you come down with a bad attitude, that could undo the whole deal. Jesus might want to stay somewhere else, at least not stay very long. So attitude is another very, very important point. Now, of fact, let me uh, finish the entire scripture here, and we'll wrap up. Verse 8, but Zacchaeus stood up and, uh, I'm sorry, all the people saw this and began to what? Mutter. He's going to be a guest of what? A sinner. People who look at uh, things just from the surface level will criticize. That's just real. But you know what I like about uh, this, this man Zacchaeus? He's like so. He doesn't care. You know, uh, old folks say, and uh, I think it, it bears putting in your heart, Don't care about the criticism of anyone that doesn't cry at your funeral. If there's a person that won't cry at your your funeral, don't care. Zacchaeus was like, y'all don't like me. Y'all never like me. I don't care. But sometimes we get saved, we get so sensitive. They don't even like you. So what they talking about you? They don't like you. It's the big deal. So, you know, people began to criticize Zacchaeus is like, so he's not, he's not crying, oh God, they go. what? Anyone that does anything in life is going to be criticized. Every person that's celebrated anywhere on the globe has been criticized at some point and sometimes viciously and often unfairly. That's just part of living. But it doesn't say Zacchaeus ran away, oh God! they're talking about me. No, it said, but Zacchaeus stood up. And when people criticize you, you need to stand up. And he speaks to the Lord. He says, look, Lord. Here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay them back four times. What's going on here? A lot of things are going on. The man's repentant. That's a good, and that's the major part of it. But I want you to understand something else. The man stands up. He knows that Jesus is taking a risk just like he's taking a risk. He's like, look, Lord, I know people are questioning you about you being involved with someone like me. Just like when you told people you were a Christian, half of them didn't believe you. The other half wanted to tempt you and all the rest. You know, Jesus, the, the Zacchaeus was like, listen, Lord, I want to vindicate you by my behavior. He's a practical man. Many of us, we over, I forgive you, brother, but then we go talk, we go do underhanded things. This man was practical, too practical to be that vicious and wicked. You hear me? He said, look, I'm a practical man, so I'm going to have practical fruit of repentance. Restitution is practical. We don't hear about that anymore. You know, the reason I believe, this is my humble opinion, why our criminal system is so messed up, because there's no restitution. A guy come, rapes somebody's wife, then they put them in, the, they get free meals, waits a place to sleep and barely a job, for 10 to 15 years. Of course. And everyone in his neighborhood and all his friends are there too. Of course it's not a, uh, 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 it doesn't, you know, inhibit. But if you had to pay a price, if you had to pay, you see, do you get me? If you, you, see, in the old covenant, you had to pay. If you stole, you had to return seven times. So if kids knew, if they stole or or, or harmed that school, they then wrote on that wall, they were going to have to work 18 days after school. To pay. There'd be a whole different mentality. Yeah. America would quickly change if we go back to the word of God. Yeah. And people had to work. Now, I know it doesn't seem right and cruel, and unusual punishment, but I believe in chain gangs. Put them to work. Yeah. Not only put them to work, make them pay the people they hurt, not the government. Right. So if you take from me, you know you're going to have to pay me. If that means you got to work for the next 20 years. That'll stop a lot of the nonsense. That was free, not in my notes, but I know it was good and helpful. And anyone in the criminal justice system, uh, just a word of advice to you. He said, Lord, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay them back four times more than even the law required. He's, he's a practical man. We get so super spiritual in our faith. We say, I forgive you, but then curse them practical. If you forgive them, then bless them. Do you hear me? Be practical in your approach. This pragmatic man with pragmatic faith. God would not let the Bible be written without this story being included for you and I. Jesus is so, he's, he's proud, he's glad. He's like, man, I don't have another flake. I have someone serious. Not just talking Jesus, Jesus, but paying back and trying to make things right. He's excited. He said, today's salvation. He's saying, this is the real stuff I come from, for, to change lives for real and permanently. Today's salvation has come to this house because this man is a son of Abraham. Then he goes on, he steps back and he said, listen. And the Bible doesn't say this, but I think he looked at his disciples. He's like, look, guys, for the Son of Man came to seek and say that which was like, listen, it's for this type of man that I came. Not for all the super spiritual weirdos. For men and women that would have concrete acts attached to concrete faith in a concrete God. Do you understand me? Objective thought, objective principles. He says, in effect, guys, I've come from heaven to earth looking for such a man as this. Today, God's eyes are spanning all assemblies around the world. And he's looking for some people that'll do more than the verbiage, more than the talk, but also the walk. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.